Hey guys, good morning. Thanks for watching online or watching on demand or listening to the podcast. Hey, there's nothing like a good story. <laughs> Maybe you have some books in mind, but one thing we all could agree on, a good story, you have relatable characters and you have tension that pulls you in. Well, Exodus is not only a good story, but it's a true story. So we're going to be looking at the first 15 chapters of Exodus uh, through the next couple of weeks. And God delivered his people through a very dark time. And so he did four things. He gave purpose. He allowed people to go through adversity, and he required people to sacrifice, as well as providing them freedom. So we're going to look at all four of those things. And today, we're going to be looking at purpose. Now, as I was going through and prepping for this message uh, today, I was blown away um, by Leo Rostin, and he, he, he said this. He said, I cannot believe that the purpose of life is to be happy. He says, I think the purpose of life is to be useful, to be responsible, to be honorable, to be compassionate. It is, above all, to matter, to count, to stand for something, to have made some difference that you lived at all. And maybe he has in his mind the preacher from Ecclesiastes as you know, he comes from a Jewish perspective, and, and maybe he's thinking of Ecclesiastes where the preacher says, that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Both of those quotes stuck with me. And hearing his quote as well as that Bible verse man, this is really what the first four chapters of Exodus are about. It's about purpose. It's about mattering. And and I believe you're listening and you're watching. You would agree. All of us want purpose. I haven't met anyone who doesn't want their life to have meaning or purpose. Even those who are struggling. um, I've visited jails before and prisons and those guys, those women who are in there, they want their life to matter. Even those who have made really poor decisions, they want their life to matter. In the end, people want to matter and they want to have their lives matter now i see it at kids at summer camp (laughs) i see (laughs) my own daughter and the number one question the question i field all day is this how did i do you know they they jump off and into the pool how did i do what it looked like and they want to matter look we want the grit to fight through adversity we want to contribute to to something of value and meaning. We want to belong. We want a place at the table. We, in the end of the day, we want to be fulfilled. Now, most of us don't, we want that, but we don't, we don't really want what comes with purpose. See, there's adversity. We, We know that life is hard, but we don't want life to be hard. But problem is, some of us, we make life hard because we're hard headed. We also have a spiritual enemy that is fighting against us. The second thing for purposes hard is decision-making. There are hard decisions to make, especially when it involves other people. Sometimes we have to say no, and it's really going to sting. Or sometimes we say yes to things that are distractions, and we go further and further down a road, it's hard to come back from. The third thing that makes purpose difficult is self-evaluation. Looking in the mirror and making the necessary changes is the key to our growth. However, it honestly, talking from experience, it's hard to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I need to make those changes. It's easier just to blame other things, blame other people. 
And what we want to do is we want to discover that through the first four chapters of Exodus, purpose is a process of preparation. It is. As we go back 3,000 years ago when what we read happened, when it took place, I don't want us to forget that Moses is a lot like us. That he went through a time of preparation and God used him in a big way. And so, hopefully, our takeaway today is we'll be able to see some purpose. We'll be able to see that, man, we're in a process right now to be prepared. So to set the scene, Jacob had his sons, and along with the families, there were about 70 of them, and they left the land that Abraham settled because there was a famine. They went to Egypt. Now, years before, Jacob's second youngest son, Joseph, was sold into slavery by his brothers. And he ended up in Egypt, and believe it or not, he was second in command. So, He's there. They live a great life. And notice what happens. Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation eventually died. But the Israelites were fruitful. They increased rapidly. They multiplied and became extremely numerous. So the land was filled with them. So this is really important. A new king who did not know Joseph. So he didn't know the history. He came to power in Egypt. He said to his people, look. The Israelite people are more numerous and powerful than we are. Come, let's deal shrewdly with them. Otherwise, they will multiply further, and when war breaks out, they will join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So for them, this was an economic decision. So very, they they wanted to make sure that they were going to be taken care of. So the Egyptians assigned taskmasters over the Israelites to oppress them with forced labor. But the more they oppressed them, the more they multiplied and spread so the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. So guys, that's really, really important. So believe it or not, this time frame took about 320 years. Some would say 360, but roughly 320 years. So I read in just a couple of minutes something that took place over 320 years. Now look, it's crazy growth. You have 70 people, and all of a sudden increases, scholars say, to over a million people. I mean, that's, I mean, that's baby growth. I mean, that's uh, baby bunny growth. I mean, it's fast. Now think, think of this. Pharaoh did not know the history of Joseph, and so he begins putting God's people into slavery because of an economical decision. Now notice, notice what happens before this even took place. God has a conversation with Abraham, and he says this. Know this for certain. Your offspring will be resident aliens for 400 years in a land that doesn't belong to them, which was Egypt, and will be enslaved and oppressed. Notice this. However, I will judge the nation they serve, and afterward they will go out with many possessions. 400 years. So timing is everything. Timing is a big part of purpose and being in a process of preparation. Israel they needed to be large enough. Think about this. They needed to be large enough as a nation to actually get back into the land promised to Abraham. They had to fight their way in to the land that was promised to them. Now, the land that was promised to them was filled with milk and honey. And what that meant, it meant freedom instead of being enslaved. So don't miss this. God's people had to be uncomfortable enough to leave Egypt. And so far they weren't. And then notice what happens. Pharaoh then commanded all his people, you must throw every son born to the Hebrews into the Nile River. But let every daughter 
live. There is a need before there's a leader. There's a need before there's a leader. There's a problem before there's a solution. You might be thinking, yeah, I know that. I mean, kind of duh. But both of those statements are true. But it wouldn't have mattered until God's people accepted that they had a need before they would accept a leader. It was important for them to accept there was a problem before accepting a solution. They're like, where are you going with this? Well, it holds true for us too. We don't ask for help unless we think we need it. And for some of us, that's a detriment. That's a weakness. That's not a good thing. See, God was preparing his people for a rescue. And his solution it was Moses. But it was going to take time, approximately 80 years. Remember, he promised Abraham he would rescue his people after 400 years. He had a purpose for Moses, who would go through a process of preparation. Catch this. Now a man from the family of Levi married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son, Moses. When she saw that he was beautiful, and what mom doesn't say that about her baby, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a papyrus basket for him, coated it with asphalt and pitch. She placed the child in it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. Then his sister stood at a distance in order to see what would happen to him. What an incredible story so far. Think about it. Think about how hard it would have been to keep your baby hidden for three months, especially when there is a genocide order and every Egyptian is looking. I mean, they were looking for Hebrew baby boys to throw in the Nile River. Moses' mom, man, she was full of grit. She was able to handle the adversity with grit, with determination and faith. She did all she could And she trusted God with the rest. She did all that she could, and then she trusted God with the rest. Her part in this whole thing was to trust God with her son. So it's crazy. Pharaoh's daughter finds Moses at the bank of the Nile, and notice this. Then Pharaoh's daughter, the princess, said to her, Moses' mom, take this child and nurse him for me. And I will pay your wages. So the woman took the boy, her biological son, and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because, she said, I drew him out of the water. Now, we'll call a quick timeout. Here's the interesting thing about this. Let's personalize it for a second. God's purpose for you may include other people in your process of preparation. Think about it. The odds were stacked. The odds were stacked against Moses' mom. I mean, seeing her baby again, odds were stacked against it. The, the odds of having her baby even survive, being in the Nile River, being found by the princess, then given the opportunity to help raise him, gosh, that was a miracle. The princess was placed in the mom's life, I believe, intentionally by God. Now, part of Moses' preparation was having his biological mom 
present in his life. Even though he went by the name of Moses that the princess gave him, his biological mom helped reinforce his identity as a Hebrew. Guys, look, there will be people in your life placed there by God to help you in the process of preparation. And guys, that's why we push small groups so much. It's important to be in a group. Everyone in this story so far has a purpose that fit God's plan to deliver on a promise he made almost 400 years earlier. So years later, Moses grew up and he went out to his own people and he observed their forced labor. And then he saw an Egyptian striking a Hebrew, one of his people. And looking around, he, he didn't see anyone. So he struck the Egyptian dead and hid him in the sand. The next day he went out and he saw two Hebrews fighting and he asked, hey, why are you attacking your neighbor? Notice, the guy says, who made you a commander and judge over us? Are you planning to kill us, kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses became afraid and thought, what did I, what I did is certainly known. And when Pharaoh heard about this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian, which was the country. And he sat down by a well. Even as the writer of Hebrews mentions that Moses acted in self-defense, he still murdered someone. He lived out his welcome, per se. And so he leaves. So at the time of the murder, he's about 40. He spends 40 years in Midian, out in the country. He marries the preacher's daughter. He starts a family. Man, country life was good for him. Uh, how about that song uh, from... Um, uh, Denver, uh, thank God I'm a country boy. <laughs> I just think about that song, but it did him some good. See, God will allow pain in your process of preparation. I don't want you to miss this. Our pain may be self-inflicted. It may be the result of a difficult situation. It may be the result of what others do to us. Our pain may seem like a delay, but it could be part of his perfect timing like i'm not sure if the 40 year old moses would have been able to deliver his people from slavery personally and admittedly i know that the newly married 20 year old me would not have been able to deal with some of the things the 30 year old me dealt with sometimes a delay isn't a bad thing See, sometimes we can get ahead of ourselves by trusting in our own judgment, our energy, our skills, our strength. We move ahead by leaving God behind, if we can even do that. But thankfully, God is still involved in our lives as he was with Moses. Notice this. After a long time, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned because of their difficult labor. They cried out and their cry for help because of the difficult labor ascended to God. Now notice this. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and Jacob. God saw the Israelites. And notice this. And God knew. Man, enough was enough. God answered their prayer at exactly the time he promised Abraham, which was 400 years. Remember, timing is everything. When God makes a promise, he keeps his word. 
all about timing with God. The timing has come for Moses to be the man who God has prepared him to be. Think about it. Everything Moses experienced has been intentional. For the last 80 years, God has been preparing Moses to be the leader he promised Abraham 400 years earlier. Now, as we begin landing the plane this morning, in one of the coolest and rarest stories in the Old Testament, God shows himself and talks with Moses in the form of a burning bush. It's a pretty neat story. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a, in a flame of fire within a bush. Now just, just sort of picture this, how incredible this would have been. As Moses looked, he saw that the bush was on fire, but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord, Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am. Do not come closer. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. What an incredible moment that Moses had with God. Now notice this. When God touches something, it becomes holy. It becomes different. It becomes changed. The ground that Moses was standing on became holy because it was different. It was changed. Like later on in the story, Moses has this shepherd's staff. He's arguing with God. God, I'm not the guy. You, you got to pick someone else. I just, I'm not the guy to do this. He's like, no, you're the guy. He has his staff. God says, I want you to throw your staff on the ground. It becomes a snake. He picks it back up again. Moses is finally convinced. He's like, all right, God, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. I, I'm your guy. I'm, I'm your guy to help rescue your people. And then he says, nope, that's no longer my staff. He considers it God's staff. See, when God touches something, it becomes changed. Simply when God touches your life by saving you, you are holy. You are changed. You are different. Man, don't miss that. Thankfully, in the New Testament, for a follower of Jesus, it's very clear what our purpose is. For we are God's workmanship, or work in progress, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. You and I, we're God's work in progress. See, this purpose of doing good works doesn't go away even if you have a bad day or if you walk away. Our purpose is tied to our identity. See, we are adopted sons or daughters of God, so our purpose is tied to our identity. And the waiting is hard and it's difficult. And sometimes the waiting feels impossible. The waiting during the process of preparation is hard. Now, sometimes we think we're ready for the next position in the company, but then someone else is selected. Well, we may think that we're ready to get married. We, th we may think that we're ready to be out on our own. We think we're ready to settle down. We think we're ready to start the family. We think we're ready and fill in the blank. And God may be giving you more time. 
See, in chapter 4, God's people accepted Moses finally as God's chosen leader. Now, it reveals to us <laughs> that when God makes a promise, he has the right time, he has the right leader, he has the right plan. And this was seen when God made a promise to Adam and Eve that he was going to send a Savior to save. It was Jesus who came at the right time, had he was the right leader, and he had the right plan. As God's work in progress, Jesus, as our leader, we can trust his purpose. We can trust his process of preparation for us. So, so let's pray. God, I know there are people who are listening, they're watching, and they have been so defeated. They're defeated because they feel like they have a purpose but they feel like they are delayed. Maybe it's the next job. Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's getting married. Maybe it's settling down. Maybe it's trying to have a baby. Father, I don't know. But one thing I do know is that sometimes you allow a delay so that you are preparing us for something great. So Father, I ask, even for myself and for those who are listening, that God, we would surrender to you. We would surrender to you. Help us to be reminded that nothing that you nothing that you do is by accident. So thank you so much for everything you do. Thank you for being in control. And so, God, sometimes thank you for delay as it prepares us for something great. In Jesus' name, amen.